taken from 1 Samuel uh, chapter 1, verses 4 to 20. It is a story about Hannah and her prayer. On the day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to his wife, Penina, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her. Though the Lord had closed her womb, her rival used to provoke her uh, severely to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. So it went on year after year. As often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her. Therefore Hannah wept and would not eat. Her husband, Akana, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? Why is your heart sad? Am I not more to you than ten sons? After they had eaten and drunk at Shiloh, Hannah rose and presented herself before the Lord. Now Eli, the priest was, Eli, the priest was sitting uh, on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. She made this vow, O Lord of hosts, if only you will look on the misery of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a male child, then I will set him before you as a Nazirite until the day of his death. He shall drink neither wine nor intoxicants, and no razor shall touch his head. As she continued pray, uh, praying before the Lord, Eliah observed uh, her mouth. Hannah was praying silently. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought that she was drunk. So Eli said to her, How long will you make a drunken spectacle of yourself? Put away your wine. But Hannah answered, No, my lord, I am a woman deeply troubled. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman, for I have been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation all this time. Then Eli answered, Go in peace. The God of Israel grant the petition you have made to him. And she said, Let your servant find favor in your sight. Then the woman went to her quarters, ate and drank with her husband, and her countenance was sad no longer. They rose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord. Then they went back to their house at Ramah. Elkanah knew his wife, Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. In due time, Hannah conceived and bore a son. She named him Samuel, for she said, I have asked him of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. We are going to talk about uh, Hannah's prayer. A very famous prayer. Uh, through her prayer, a very famous and great uh, prophet, Samuel, uh, was born. Probably you heard uh, the name Samuel. He's one of the greatest uh, prophets uh, in the Old Testament. Hannah's prayer uh, has been known as one of the greatest prayers of uh, mothers. Uh, like St. Augustine's uh, mom, Monica, and Hannah's prayer. Is a, these are great prayers of uh, mothers. In her prayer, she vowed, 
O Lord of hosts, if only you will look on the misery of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a male child, then I will set him before you as a Nazirite until the day of his death. And she kind of dedicated, even before Samuel was born, he, uh, she dedicated uh, this, uh, her child uh, to God. And I'm sure, I believe, that she must have raised her son uh, as she vowed so that uh, he could be the great uh, Samuel. I'm sure uh, Hannah uh, uh, made a great, uh, great uh, contribution to make uh, Samuel to be Samuel. So she was a, a great woman of prayer. That's true. But today, when you look at Hannah's prayer very carefully, it is a very self-centered prayer. It's not really that. Uh, holy uh, in that way. Her prayer was neither a noble prayer for God, God's work in this world, nor for the country, nor for the holy purpose. She prayed simply because she was hurt and humiliated and angry, and she was provoked by her rival. She was personally, she was attacked. Uh, That's why she prayed. So it was a very self-centered prayer. When, you, when I go over the story uh, once more, Hannah was a wife of uh, Elkanah. Elkanah had uh, two wives. Uh, at that time, probably, uh, kind of polygamy uh, was uh, acceptable. Jacob had uh, two wives, too. And uh, 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 Moses had a few wives. And uh, Elkanah had two wives. One, one was Penana, uh, and uh, the other is Hannah. Uh, unfortunately, Hannah uh, had no children. And there was no pro- there was no problem uh, to her husband Elkanah. Elkanah did not give any trouble to uh, his wife because she d- could not bear uh, a child. Uh, rather, Elkanah showed greater uh, favor to uh, Hannah. Uh, he gave double portion. When they went up to the temple, they gave sa- sacrifice, and each one brought a portion, and Elkanah gave uh, Hannah a double portion. So he was very good uh, to her, and then, uh, he even said that, you know, am I better than uh, ten sons? Why are you so, so much troubled by the, uh, the fact that you don't have a, a child? But that didn't help. Uh, Panana constantly provoked Hannah for her barrenness. Hannah could not stand the humiliation uh, that she went through because of Panana. Personal vendetta, personal uh, hurt. Uh, maybe, maybe she could not stand the fact that she could not be her child. Not just banana. Banana. What banana did was just uh, uh, rubbing the salt in the uh, her wounds. That's all. But what she, her problem was the fact that she could not bear a child. I mean, it's not a problem uh, in modern days. And I'm, uh, some people even choose not to have any children. But at that time, that kind of uh, showed a dignity of a person, of a woman. Uh, so she felt like. She was not perfect. She felt like she was missing something. She felt like she was kind of rejected even uh, by God. That's why she prayed. Nothing else. Even though she made a vow, the vow was like a negotiation. 
Listen to the vow. O Lord of hosts, if, it's a big if, if, it's a condition, if only you will look on the misery of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a male child, then I will set him before you as a Nazarite until the day of his death. It's a conditional. What she wanted was a male child. Nothing else. What she wanted was to be set free from her misery. What she wanted was her pride being restored. She wanted to live with pride, not with the stigma that she could not have a baby. Nobody could solve her problem. Even Elkanah could not solve her problem. That is something that she had to deal with. Her prayer was so fervent, so passionate that the priest Eli thought that she was a drunk. You know, when you pray for your problems, all of a sudden, your prayers become real and fervent. Not when you pray for others, not when you pray for the world, a peace, not when you pray for the God's holy purpose, but when you pray for your problems, you encounter certain problems, uh, then immediately your prayer becomes fervent and passionate. Hannah told Eli, No, my Lord, I am a woman deeply troubled. I have drunk neither wine nor strong uh, drink. But I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman. For I have been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation. All this time. She had vexation within her. And she was just yelling out and crying out her vexation. But amazing thing is, God answered Hannah's prayer. And through Hannah, God gave Samuel, the one of the greatest prophets. Samuel was born in a very, very critical and important time of Israel. Israel before Samuel was like a tribal nation. It was like a tribe, little tribe. And then they wanted to be a king. They wanted to make a kingdom. So they wanted for kings. So when Samuel was born, Israel changed from tribal nation to the kingdom. And then Samuel anointed the first King Saul. And then he also anointed David, king, who was like an engine to Israelites. The fate of Samuel was to determine the fate of Israel. He was born with that fate. Through all this, I was thinking about, wow, God's providence Providence is like God's hidden plan and God's hidden work. 
There is in, invisible work of God. It's a, I call it providence. We don't know it. But behind the surface, there is tremendous work of God that is done in a hidden way. I'm amazed how God works in our lives. Whatever happens to you as a person, it's not just a personal matter. It has a bigger implication in your life. What happens to us is not just about us. It has an implication for the bigger things in life. It is to do with God's providence. Even the selfish prayer of Hannah, God used. Even the selfish prayer of Hannah was used to move God to make an impact on our history. That was amazing to me. I thought only God only listens to real prayer, sincere prayer, faithful prayer, and the religious spiritual prayer. But God even used the selfish prayer of a woman to bring out his work. I believe that that is the power of prayer. Our prayer is very small and limited in its scope. And many times and often, most of times, it is very self-centered. It is about us. It is about our own personal needs. Who can pray knowing God's great plan or providence? But God works out his wonderful plan even through our imperfect prayers. And I learned this about prayer. Prayer has many layers, I realized. It's not just one layer. In prayer, there are many layers. We may see only one layer and praise at the very basic level, that is level of our personal needs. But your prayers have many layers that we don't see. In that sense, your prayer is a mystery. It opens up a new world that you don't know. When you pray, it may be your prayer. But once prayer is done, it's not yours anymore. It is God's to use. When I pray, while I'm praying, it is my prayer. But once that prayer is done, it is not anymore mine. It is in God's hands. And God uses that prayer to work out his own plan. So we don't know the result. No one prays knowing the result. Prayer is not like a vending machine that you know exactly what to get. You put a coin and then that thing comes out. Prayer is not like that. When you enter into the prayer, you enter with one expectation, but you come out of it with 
totally different answer. That's what prayer is. I pray that your prayers may bring about beautiful results, not only for yourself, but also for others. You may have prayed personally only for your personal needs, but your prayers may open up a new world for other people. How much more powerfully your prayers can be used if you pray for others and for God's holy purpose. Today's the last Sunday and the last day of 2017. May your 2018 be the year of offering many prayers so that you may experience the world you never experienced before. 2017 was great. We have experienced a lot of things in 2017. We prayed without knowing what the result would be. But God answered it in a way that I could never imagine. That was like 2017. And 2018, God has many things in store for you. Use your prayers. Offer your prayers. Don't think about whether it's a selfish prayer or a self-centered prayer. Don't think about it too much. Just offer your prayers. And God will use them for wonderful results. And as, as I said before, when you have items to worry about, turn that items into prayer topics. You have things to worry about? Use them as your prayer topics. Don't just run away from your problems, but face it, confront it with prayer. Let us open up 2018 with prayer. Tonight at night, we are going to celebrate uh, New Year's kind of uh, service. 11 o'clock starts. And a whole service will be prayer and praise. Very short, short sermon. And all these three things that I like to pray for. One, prayer repentance, 2017. The things that we didn't do. Things that we should have done, we didn't do. Things that we should not have done, but we did. So, prayer repentance. And prayer of thanksgiving. There are a lot of things that we should be thankful for. And then prayer of resolution. So as we face the first moment of 2018, we may face it with prayerful attitude. So if you guys have no younger children or, you know, things, have some time, have a great party uh, until 11 o'clock. <laughs> and then come to service and then face the new year. Uh, with a prayerful attitude. It's going to be really, really cold it's tonight. Uh, uh, what is it? What do you call that? that the f it feels like minus 30. Uh, wind chill, wind chill, yeah. Uh, so wear uh, lots of clothes and I'll see you at 11. Not Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. <laughs> so many things, you know, during this time, so many things are happening. 
Happy New Year. Why don't you turn around and then say Happy New Year to each other? Uh, and we'll sing the uh, praise together. <laughs>